Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we are broadcasting to you from our mobile studio in... Upstate New York. Upstate New York, surprisingly. We left you last time in Pennsylvania, oh, I believe. Right. So we've been doing a lot of things since we talked to you last in New England. Yes. But first, we want to get you our contact information so that you, you can keep in touch with us. And we're always happy to be camped in a campsite near you. And as you're going to later find out, we actually met a couple of listeners who were camped in a campsite very near us. So that's, that's very good news. Intentionally so. Intentionally so. Get the show and, and read the show notes at rvnavigator.com and leave us a listener comment at 815 815- Two three zero zero seven seven two, and then of course we always like to have emails uh, at navigator at rvnavigator dot com. So please keep in touch with us, and we'd love to hear from you. And I would do want to thank uh, one of our listeners for answering all of our questions from uh, our last podcast. The collective wisdom of everybody who listens to this show is amazing because I ask a question and there come the answers. We found out that at uh, Ohio Pile that the trains were the CNW or anyway that we were listening to at night and uh, we found out the answer to the question about the iPass, our iPass or EasyPass working and he says that uh, we will get charged the correct amount is because it counts the axles. So, uh, oh, why don't they do that in Illinois? I don't know. Um, Illinois has dumb easy passes. So, so we will <laughs> send so we that out to the... making out like a bandit, huh? So we, I don't know. Bad. Well, we went through a couple of this more recently, and boy, it has worked everywhere. Maine and uh, New Hampshire and everywhere. In Massachusetts. Yeah, so these are, are very nice devices. Uh, sometimes there's a, a person there to make, an, it adjustment. Or, make an adjustment, and then sometimes you just kind of sail right through, and uh, the gate opens, and away you go. So thanks for sending us emails and keeping in touch with us as we travel the roads of America, this, this time in New England looking for the fall colors. And as we mentioned, this time finds us in New York. Upstate New York. Without just, fall, just without across fall the border colors. from Vermont. Yes. Um, we saw a TV program back when we were home about the Adirondacks. And yes. They looked so beautiful that we put this place on the list. It doesn't make much sense to our route since we're heading back to New Hampshire <laughs> after this. Um, I wanted to come here on the way home, but uh, the campground people told us that this area shuts down after Columbus Day weekend, and we're going to an elder hostel. Um, after that, so we made a little zigzag. But you know, New England is nice and small. We drove across Vermont in less than an hour, and uh, hopefully, the skies will clear. We're looking at clouds and rain right now, and we can enjoy the beautiful scenery here in the Adirondacks um, and Lake George. And we can honestly say that we haven't needed a reservation, um, even though we did make reservations because we heard that the fall color season was extremely crowded. But well, so far, we're not here, here at the, the beginning of October. On the weekend, they might be. They, on the weekend, we may not. We may need them, but uh, we haven't needed a reservation so far. And this uh, current location here in Lake George is the first one that we've actually made a reservation for long in advance. But we didn't need it here either. Not, well, no, we don't so know far. about the weekend. Yeah, not so far. But we've been living. Uh, 
with so many trees in this particular campground, and many of the well, campgrounds. in New England is there full are lots of trees, of trees. and that's why we came before. to see the fall colors. But the satellite dish and, and many of our yeah, satellite how, TV how issues. How high our portable studio is, no. but you might hear the satellite dish trying to aim itself <laughs> over our heads as we talk to you. And there it is, spinning around, trying to find a little patch between the trees to enable it to hit the satellite. But we're kind of pessimistic about this. But fortunately, they have cable TV. We sound like we sit in the RV all the time. But on rainy days, and we've had some bodacious rains as this hurricane kind of zips up the coast. Um, Luckily, we had left the coast of Maine before the hurricane yeah, came. Boy, did we find we had some great weather since mm-hmm. our last podcast. And it has been um, really very scenic. High points for me were Cape Cod, which I heartily recommend uh, as soon as Labor Day comes and all the people leave. Uh, Beautiful scenery, miles and miles of bike paths if you like to go bike riding off-road, as we do, um, but not through the forests and the trees. Beautiful beaches. And many of the places cold that charge, charge <laughs> you to park like. during the season are free um, after Labor Day. So Cape Cod was wonderful. We took a day trip to Martha's Vineyard, which was beautiful. I wish I had another day to spend there. Yes. I'll okay. have to come back. Martha's Vineyard was very surprisingly nice. <laughs> um, and we did have a very good time there because of all the very nice houses. Martha enjoyed the, kind of the scenic scenery of the, the lighthouses and things. And, I, and we took lots of pictures of the gingerbread houses. I don't yeah. know what else to say. Yeah. We were very surprised to find that there. But for those of you who have been there, you didn't tell us about it, so we didn't know. So this is our first visit to Martha's Vineyard and it was And we was really fun. liked it. And then, of course, lobsters. Oh, yes. We've been feasting away. We... Um, even bought a giant Lobster steamer pot. pot so we could buy them fresh, which is, of course, the but least expensive way to go. The last campground we were at actually had lobster dinners every night. That they cooked for you. Yeah. And you could eat them in the campground um, building yeah. or you could take them back to your rig. And, of course, we did. We uh, brought them back to the rig and had a little uh, lobster feast right here. The lobsters are very reasonable. Uh, they say that the season has been abundant, and so fishermen, and certainly we saw tons of um, traps, traps everywhere. And lo- you felt and lobster like you could walk across the water on uh, traps. Lobsters were selling for four seventy-five a pound, which makes it very reasonable to actually have lobsters. So this was a real treat for us Midwesterners because uh, overall they're very expensive in our neck of the woods. And so we've had at least 10 lobster dinners since we last spoke. <laughs> And even when you go into mm. New Hampshire and Vermont, there's still um, lobster pounds around. I think they're a little more expensive. But well, we're going to find out here because we'll, may we'll not be, be, over be going to the lobster pot. We found out that a lobster pound is where you buy your lobsters. Well, in this neck of the woods. In this neck of the woods. Called, yeah. yeah. They're called pounds. Okay, so uh, we did that, and then we we zipped up the coast, and we went to many little villages, and we took several boat trips on the coast of Maine, looking at lots of lighthouses. So if you'd like to see pictures, we have them for you. Definitely on the coast of Maine, you want to get off the Maine roads. Um, Maine has many what I call fingers hanging down from the coast, which gives it miles and miles of coastline, and very picturesque little fishing villages. Uh, Some spots were touristy, but not all. And uh, I was pleased by the fishermen's reaction to us. We'd stand there snapping pictures of them, and they acted like they appreciated it rather than we were a pain in the neck. And we're very friendly and, and answered asking, our questions. And answered questions and stuff, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, very nice. Overall, the people that we've met have been very friendly and, and helpful. 
But they don't speak like we do. No, they definitely have some sort of an accent, I guess. <laughs> well, of course, they're saying that same thing about us. Right. So everybody has an accent, and we're just learning different ones in different places. Another interesting thing we did was our first foray into casino camping. And frankly, uh, the the place we chose, whose name I can't remember. Mohegan Sun. The Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. We went from Cape Cod to Mystic well, to the Mohegan Sun, so we could right. visit Mystic Seaport and in Mystic. Based on this website that we've seen, uh, Casino Camper, that we said, "Hey, you can camp for camp at casinos for free," and the casino was only about ten or twelve miles from Mystic Seaport, so we decided to give it a try. And wow, what an experience! They could have made this into a really fabulous campground. They had a big lot for oversized vehicles, such as ours, and it was on a bluff overlooking the water, so it was really a nice Nice scenic spot, and of course, totally dry camping. But we parked with our windows over the Thames River. I don't know <laughs> if they call it Thames or Thames, and um, you kind of forgot that you were in a parking lot. And the casino was very nice on the abbreviated Las Vegas style, so it had um, a lot of restaurants and shops, nice, and, right. and a shuttle it was a that nice took place you right to, to it. Around in. Right, so it was uh, all around a very positive experience and uh, basically free. And we don't gamble, so we don't know. If we the don't know if the gambling was any, was any good. good, but there were lots and lots of buses. It was amazing that the, the parking lot would fill up with about 50 buses during the day, and then by 5 o'clock they were all gone because uh, the people were on their way home, I guess, to New York or someplace. But that was uh, an interesting experience, and if you have a chance to try casino camping, you might want to want to give it a try. Both of the casinos in Connecticut uh, will host campers. And there were at least 10 RVs in the parking lot. With us. And, and plenty of space so that you could run your generator and not uh, feel like you were... Bothering, bothering other anybody. people. And as I say, in this particular one, the, the view was really quite, quite nice, and we had enjoyed it. I guess one of the other things that's happened um, is, is that uh, our GPS has really saved our butts a few times. <laughs> and in exploring Maine, it was really fun to get off the beaten path. And the way we got off the beaten path is we would say, oh, the GPS shows this road that goes down to the coast. And often they were not paved, but the, you couldn't tell that until you turned down it. And yeah. sometimes we would end up in somebody's front yard. And one time it was a road. Ken made a turn, and he was about ready to cross somebody's laundry because they had strung a line from one yard to the other across what our GPS said was a road. But that, that being said, most of the time, the little gray lines on the GPS took us to some very scenic places that we would never have found otherwise because we would have been afraid to go down was a road, but we didn't know where it went. And, of course, it brought us back out again. So we would see, oh, this road goes down and makes a U and then comes back out and connects up with the highway again. So we just turn off and... And no matter how many turns you make, you know if you get tired of it, you can always hit the home button and it will get you back out of there. Exactly. Last month I mentioned about uh, buying this POI file, the, the points of interest file, and that was uh, less than successful. And I'm sorry to say that... Uh, I had to have my money returned because the company couldn't really deliver on what they promised, and I was quite disappointed with their reaction. But um, 
we will leave that for another time. But uh, I did mention at the same time that uh, the POI Factory, which is a free website, which offers uh, tons of great POIs, points of interest, which you can load into your GPS, no matter what its brand, and you just plug it into your computer and download the POI file, and away you go. And we have done this now. I was going to kind of use this this one that I purchased as um, the catch-all for all the POIs, because it was a rather large file and contained, I don't know, 53,000 POIs or something, points of interest. But uh, I've decided to just reconstruct it for free. Why spend $50 when you can do it for free? And I've been very impressed with the POI Factory website because there are hundreds of POI lists. And I'm going to read just a few that I've downloaded and put into my into our GPSs. One, uh, offbeat tourist attractions, all the Walmart, Sam's, and Walmart supercenters, uh, rest areas, all the Target locations, National Monuments, Flying Jays, Good Sam's, uh, complete state parks combined list for all of the United States, campgrounds and uh, Army Corps of Engineer campgrounds, national parks, monuments, rec- recreation areas, and RV campgrounds, Passport America campgrounds, public campgrounds, and RV Dumping USA. Um, these are just some of the ones that I downloaded. As I said, there people have made, and I, I, it's, this is just sharing with people, individuals, and so they create a POI and then you can download it and install it into your GPS. And then there's some very specialized ones for the area where you are because you downloaded oh, yeah. Covered Bridges of New Hampshire. Which is uh, also very Which cool. took us to a really neat one. And the Walmart file is quite amusing <laughs> because it seems to have a built-in... We're nu- driving down the nuclear, road. <laughs> ...nuclear attack warning system built in because we were just innocently driving down the road and all of a sudden the GPS screen turns red and it starts beeping like all get out and it says, warning, one mile per hour. I thought, what on earth is this? And all it was really telling us was that there was a Walmart on our itinerary and very nearby. So well, they, they we have will the, never miss a Walmart again. One of the other points of interest that you, that you can download is a file of uh, speed traps and cameras uh, that uh, monitor intersections. And so they have this, apparently, alert system that uh, you can tag a file to <laughs> ring an alert when you, when you get close. But we weren't even looking for the Walmart. We're driving down the road and all of a sudden this thing goes off. Scared and it's, me. And it doesn't say anything about uh, a speed trap or anything. It says Walmart. <laughs> so, so, Whoever um, made that file had a sense of humor. <laughs> I don't know if they were doing that on purpose. Um, and maybe others will, will cause similar problems. But I would definitely, if you have a GPS, and we assume that most of you do, that you take a look at POIFactory.com and see if uh, there are some files there that would be of interest to you. And you can uh, you just join, which is free, and then you can download the files. And someday I'll probably learn how to make some so I can uh, create ones of my own. But I, for instance, there were lots of specialized files, like the one that Martha mentioned, uh, Covered Bridges of New Hampshire. And they had ones like free, free Wi-Fi hotspots. Thank you. And they had others that were uh, of interest to us, like the Garmin dealers and the Spark dealers and the Cummins dealers so that you can find these uh, locations quickly. And basically um, on ours, they just show up as another attraction and you push the button say, take me there, and it does. So that's uh, a pretty nice and free 
way to add functionality to your GPS. Now that we've taken care of all of the past events, we want to move on and talk about uh, a very nice visit we had with some new friends. It made me feel like a rock star to have <laughs> these nice people track us down and want to spend some time with us. And it was a very odd experience because they knew so much about us and we knew very little about them. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you listen to these podcasts, and they obviously have listened uh, for a while and kept track of it, you probably know quite a lot about where we are and what we do and, and our lifestyle. And you can make comments to us. And we, How did you know that? It's like it's like when you somebody wears a name tag and they forget they're wearing it and you call them by name. And these folks read my blog, too. So between the two, they know everything. But they have a very interesting story, and we're going to share parts of it with you because – they, unlike us, uh, they are new to RVing, and um, I think maybe we've mentioned them before, that they are selling their house, and they bought a brand new RV, and they're going to go off and uh, and be full-timers. A leap of faith. A leap of faith. And we certainly hope they have a great deal of success at this, although they're waiting for their house to sell, sell at the moment. We're going to introduce you to Jeff and Ellen and let them speak for themselves and tell you a little bit about their story and how they got started in RVing. Well, listeners, we are here with a a couple of uh, novice RVers. This is Jeff and uh, Ellen, and they are in the process, actually today maybe, selling their house, and they're going to start off as RVers. And they've bought a brand new RV, and we are here camped in Cape Cod, and they've met us, and their um, their story is fascinating because they are going to be starting off on a new way of life. So tell us a little bit about your story. We live in Connecticut right now. Uh, some years ago, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, we took a, a motel driving trip all around the country with our two sons who were in uh, middle school at the time. And it was 8,000 miles, and we passed through so many places that we didn't have time to stop in that it's always been a dream that we could when we were downsizing from our big family house to a smaller place that we could take the time and drive around the country uh the dream of every rv navigator is to spend the time that you always wanted to spend good yeah i did i I wasn't so sure that it was my dream at first really although we had talked several times about being able to do a lot of driving and stuff like that you know driving around Mm -hmm, and seeing mm -hmm. a lot of parts of the country we missed other times but um when ellen mentioned rving selling the house uh completely divesting ourselves of most of our worldly goods and hitting the road, I thought, hmm, is this what I really want to do? But the more I thought about it and the more we looked at RVs and the more we got, uh, you know, immersed in the lifestyle, uh, the more it grew on me. So so what's taking you so long to make this decision if you've wanted to do it for 10 years? Well, we had college to pay for and, you know, for kids and stuff like that. And work. So what's happened? So what happened? Well, what happened was that then um, earlier this year I decided to retire and Jeff was already semi-retired, so he fully retired. But we had this um, house, full house, family-sized house, full of clutter. Mm-hmm. And um, and accumulations. We'd lived there 22 years and college textbooks left by our sons. And, and a basement full of uh, computer hardware <laughs> left by our sons. It really wasn't realistic to 
live in the house, get it all cleaned mm-hmm. out while we were still working. So we decided it would be a full-time job for us. I'd retire, and Jeff retired from the semi-work, and we made it a full-time job to empty out the house, and it got repainted, and the floors refinished and everything, and it took um, six months, and wow. we just finished on Tuesday at 4 o'clock <laughs> this week. Not that we were counting. Yeah, not that we or were counting. Track. Today is Thursday, so that was only yeah. two yeah. days ago. Yeah. two days ago. Yep. It was, so our message actually – to people that are looking at a whole house full of stuff and thinking about Uh, jumping uh to a new track and full-time RVing or downsizing or whatever, just do it, you know, and it, and if we can do it with all the amount of stuff we had and we took books, boxes and boxes of books. You lived in your house 22 years, 22 years and we were pack rats. And so, um, we did, we do have a storage unit about 10 by 12, I think it is. And that we're keeping memorabilia and books and things we did photos we didn't want to part mm-hmm. with, um, but we're getting rid of the furniture and except um, for a couple so, notable pieces, our easy chairs and uh-huh. our bed. Well, we still think which they'll are fit relatively in. New. <laughs> so, how did you get all your house into your RV? And tell us a little bit about your RV too. At first, we thought we'd get a Class C RV because mm-hmm. we didn't want a real big one. Um, because we we never had mm. RVed before, and never. so um, I'd never driven anything that large or that expensive. <laughs> or expensive, yeah. Right. So we thought Class C, you know, around thirty feet would be the right thing for mm-hmm. us. We went to a couple RV shows, uh-huh. and um, so you started your shopping there, right? And um, actually, it was only our second show. We saw this one. It's a, a Newmar mm-hmm. Baystar thirty foot Class A, mm-hmm. and when a gas. At gas. Gas front engine, right. We walked into it, and it, there's so many makes and models of RVs. Yeah. I had thought, you know. But we, don't you walk in and you say, oh. Exactly. This is it. This is, and what was, features of it did you like the most? That was what happened. We, you know, we, we walked into it, and we thought, oh, man, this is very roomy. And, of course, mm-hmm. it had the, they had the slides out. But the, the thing we liked best about it over the Class Cs, which we looked at several of mm-hmm. them, was that mm-hmm. the driving compartment mm-hmm. is at the same level as the living compartment right. and is actually an integral part of it. You can sw- uh-huh. swing those seats around. Right, right. So you don't lose the there. space. So you don't lose the space that you have by that. Uh, you don't have the bed over top of the of the uh, driver compartment, of course, so you don't have that extra bed. Right, uh-huh. but we it's didn't just need the it. two of us. But just right, the two of right. us. It had a queen size. It's a bed in the back on a slide uh-huh. and a slide for the um, uh, for the dining area and the uh, living area. Plus, I love and the big window. It's very roomy. Oh, yeah. and Sitting the, up high. And the windows, especially the windows on the ends of the slides. Uh, I'm talking about the driving capacity. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the windshield is one, one piece. A one piece. Yeah. We saw the 08 mm-hmm. at the show. When we got back uh, to a place where we had internet access, Ellen looked around and she found that there was an 07, mm-hmm. a used 07, at an RV dealer in our hometown. Mm-hmm. We, when we went back, we stopped and looked at that, and it was very nice. It was the same form factor, essentially the same size, didn't have the single-piece windshield, uh-huh. but still a very uh-huh. nice vehicle. And so then um, this was on Sunday. We called up the dealer on Monday and talked to one of their salespeople, and he said, well, you know, that's yeah, that's a nice one, but I can probably put you in an 08 for mm-hmm. around the same price, mm-hmm. and it'll have a bigger chassis, mm-hmm. a heavier chassis. It will have um, uh, the full-size windshield, have all the, all the amenities. Yeah. And they had one there in the showroom, so we went and, and looked at it. warranty and that sort of stuff. And yeah. we fell in love with it, of course, yeah. uh, before <laughs> we even test drove it. <laughs> so, so you bought it before you sold your house. Right. Is that a good move? Well, we got scolded by, I got scolded by several of my extended family. Oh. They thought it was a little bit 
of the cart before the horse. But we never spent a night in an RV before. Buying right. And That's so, right. you know, we <laughs> that it, is a leap of faith. <laughs> well, the reason we didn't rent an RV to try uh-huh, it out, uh-huh. which was one thing I had read in books and places, is because you'd never be able to rent the same kind of RV. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, what's if you got a lesser RV and you didn't mm-hmm. have a good experience, yeah. what would that prove to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We decided that wasn't a necessary thing, even though it may not have been the smartest financial move to uh-huh. buy the RV before we sold the house. We think that it mm-hmm. was really good to get to know the RV. We were lucky to be able to park it in our driveway. Yeah. We could visit it. We started at first because we bought it in February that we could uh-huh. um, have. And this is September. Right. And we could have some meals out there. <laughs> At first, when it was still winter, yep. Yep. and see um, how the heater works. And- yes, and things like so that. So you did and test then, it out, and yeah. and then we took our first overnight trip because we live in the Northeast, so the mm-hmm. a lot of campgrounds aren't open in the winter. Our first trip was in the middle of April mm-hmm. on our thirtieth anniversary, uh-huh. so that was nice. And then and then we've lots of trips, and we've learned different things that we had sure. to that were essential to either purchase or fix up or so tell us or make sure that we had with us like a spatula because we <laughs> we fixed turkey burgers the very first day and realized we had no way to turn them over <laughs> on the makeshift grill we had because the the gas grill that we were purchasing hadn't uh-huh. come. By uh-huh. mail order by the time we left home. I see. You're, uh, you have this new RV, and you've driven in it now how many miles? The odometer's around 3,300 right now. 3,300. Yeah. Next year at this time, what, how many miles is it going to have on it? You know, I'm trying to do a budget to yeah, figure yeah. out. And, because how did, and how have you done that? I did go online. to mm-hmm. There's some um, websites where they have their budgets. I, uh, res- I went on different campgrounds around the country mm-hmm. where we think we're going to f- – kind of figure out uh-huh, what the prices uh-huh. were would be. You know, the gas prices have been going up. You know, I'm estimating with that. And then, of course, our insurance payments sure, and sure. co-pays and, you know, the real life things, the life things that mm-hmm, still need mm-hmm. to continue. In my budget, I've figured that we would we would drive the RV 8,000 miles because that was the trip we took all uh-huh, around the uh-huh, country uh-huh. in the first year. And we don't expect to do much zigzagging. First, we're going down down the coast of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, we have plans to be there in January, meeting up with friends, and then start heading west probably, uh-huh. maybe maybe up a little bit. But um, we do, it's not like we expect to be, you know, down to Florida, back to Connecticut, yeah, you know, yeah. down to Texas oh, yeah. and that kind of thing. So um, we want to... So not- you think about 8,000 miles a year. 8,000 miles uh-huh. a year, and then more than that in our towed vehicle. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, yeah. Because be we expect, around. you know, um, we I can't remember if I even said like 250 or even more miles a week. could be like 50 miles a day in the towed vehicle. So what uh, things have been unexpected? There was an unexpected toilet overflow <laughs> that we had uh, a few weeks ago. Well, I was thinking more generically. Oh, <laughs> I see. Well, well, tell us as novice RVers, how did the toilet overflow? Well, the toilet, toilet overflow is not really clear, but something apparently uh, kept the valve from the, uh, the, 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 the valve toilet from... paper. From from well, it doesn't seem like no, toilet paper no. would do that, but some for some reason the valve did not close all the way, so it was so th- it was trickling water mm-hmm. into the bowl, mm-hmm. uh, and therefore into the black water tank, and eventually the black water tank overflowed the toilet. And we were and, gone for the whole day, and Ooh. it didn't it didn't get a lot of water in there, and it was pretty diluted by all the by <laughs> yeah. all the uh, the fresh, fresh water, water that went in. Fortunately, and we were hooked up to a. Um, uh, to a dump. A, a dump at that point, so I just had to go out and open the valve and yeah. empty the tank. Yeah. 
I'm sure they really loved getting all that water into their um, septic system right away. After that, things smelled a little bit like sour milk for a few days until my sister-in-law loaned me a actually a pretty big machine, a carpet cleaner, oh, yeah. uh, but a ni- really nice uh-huh. steaming, um, sucking up the water carpet cleaner. Mm-hmm. And I went through the whole vehicle in a day and got all that carpet cleaned out very nicely, very nice smelling, and now it's just like brand new. So we kind of we have heard that mishaps happen in our uh, being, um, like this, take off mirrors. Yes, <laughs> we've heard about that. Yeah, we've heard about that somewhere. Somewhere when this happened, it was kind of okay. This was our first one, and yeah. you know that um, you know it's not different that different than being in a in a in brick a and mortar house, house yeah, yeah. that something's going to break down or overflow and. Um, any so, basic any problems with the RV itself as it was manufactured? N- well, we just besides the one, one of the window window, window window latch broke off. Yeah, Ellen Ellen actually broke it, so I can't complain mm-hmm. that it was uh, uh, heavy handed operation. <laughs> but basically, you, but you're, it, you're happy. But with it the coach. snapped. It's just snapped off it, a little piece of it, and you can still open and close mm-hmm. it. And there's been there's been a little a few minor things like the CO detector mm-hmm. crapped out. It started alarming, oh. and um, uh, I thought it was a bad. I thought it was a battery. I sure. replaced the battery, and it still did it. Mm-hmm. So we need to replace that. So but, a little, but basically, things. it's been but, solid. Right, but so one for the of most the, part, very solid. Yes. One of the fun discoveries, or funny discoveries, was one of our first meals in the RV was <laughs> heating frozen pizza, and so Jeff was in the, over, oven. In the oven, which you guys oh. don't have. No, we don't an have oven. an oven. You don't have a regular oven, but we have a, a uh-huh. propane oven. So Jeff was standing near it, so I asked him to look in and see if the pizza was done, and we discovered no light. <laughs> no light. Shine a flashlight in there to see if the pizza's, the pizza's done. done. But so then I was joking with my friends. We're really going to be roughing it in yeah. our RV. There's no light in the oven. <laughs> but the thing that's really been pleasant about the RV is we just we love. We, it's just so comfortable to sleep in. It's peaceful. The life of being in the RV. We really. It's. It really is a much healthier pace of life and the fact that boy don't we know that yeah, yeah. compared to working well yeah. you know and our jobs were so at least mine was really stationary and here you know get up you can ride your bike we we have kayaks with us we can walk places it it's just um it's a really nice pace so you're so gonna have a good time in the next few we're years. really looking we're forward looking to looking forward it. to doing that a lot one thing is that i go through the campground guidebooks in Every campground sounds so wonderful that I could spend a week at each one, in which case our thoughts of only doing the full-time one or two year might expand. Oh, yeah, 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 as time goes down the road here. Right, exactly. Well, I think our listeners will be anxious to hear an update in a few months, if you could uh, keep us updated. I know you you were nice enough to send a a, a voicemail on the listener comment line, so maybe you could do that again every once in a while. So we can keep in touch and and hear how it's going with you, because this is uh, really the the essence of what the Every Navigator podcast is about. Well, we've really enjoyed um, listening to the RV Navigator podcast, and we've gained a lot of information from it, and we've enjoyed meeting up with you. And, yeah, exactly. And we've we recommend it. Very much. We rec- <laughs> very much. Yes. And we recommend right. it to other listeners. Yes. That, at a, at well, we always like to be with, uh, with uh, friendly campers, and I think RVers as a whole are very friendly people. And, you know, it's uh, this is just an opportunity for for two couples to get together and have a good time for a few days. Yeah, so so thank you very lot. much. It's been a pleasure. 
Okay. Well, thanks very much for sitting down and interviewing with us. It was <laughs> they, they were interested to or waiting for this this huge uh, demonstration of technical know-how when I brought out the portable RV recording studio, which could fit in my purse easily. <laughs> So we kind of stunned them and shocked them. And as you'll see in the pictures uh, that are posted on our website, uh, the portable uh, podcasting studio is a, a fairly light affair and can be taken anywhere. And it consists of two microphones and uh, <laughs> a plug. Uh, if you hear this and we're each on a different track, it's just a stereo microphone that's uh, that we re each record in, in one channel. So another couple of topics that we want to talk about today would be something on the order of winterizing. Boo, hate to think about it. Well, we don't have to worry about it, winterizing for a while, but I'm sure many of you will be doing the winterizing thing, and uh, all of us do, and some people pay to have it done, but it's actually pretty easy these days because most RVs, our first ones didn't have this have a low point drain open the the valves and the, all the water just runs out which actually works quite well and uh, our other one just you had a couple of caps that you took off and and let the water drain out open all of the valves and of course you want to put some water into the drains Ooh. antifreeze did i say water yes you did <laughs> Ooh. You have to pour a cup or so of uh, antifreeze in each of the drains. And you want to use the, the kind of antifreeze that you might want to drink in we the spring. We always <laughs> use pink stuff. So pink stuff is the is the way to go. And pink stuff is actually substantially cheaper than car antifreeze. It is non-toxic. It's so, non-yummy, but it won't kill you. Yeah, it, yeah, and it takes a while for it to get out of the... Uh, uh, water line, this, water in, the line in the spring. So uh, even as snowbirds like us, uh, we have... Uh, have to winterize it uh, a couple of times in in order to uh, to make sure that it doesn't freeze up because this is a, a big deal if it if it does freeze up. Basically, there are a couple of people who are air people, <laughs> and they blow out their. You can hook up your a, a special connection so that you can blow air through your pipes, which blows out all the water. I've never really seen the need for that. I just hook up the. The pump to the antifreeze and pump antifreeze through the system. Of course, air will make it so that you don't have, uh, after I drain out the water, air will make sure that you don't have that taste, but uh, you have to make sure that you get out all the air, I mean all the water. And I have to, I do things like disconnect the ice maker, run some antifreeze through the washing machine, the washing machine. right, and... Uh, make sure that the water heater is completely empty. Uh, pretty obvious things. Now, are there other things that you need to worry about? I don't think there's much to do with the propane except shut it off. Well, but the other you thing do I have might to... add is that part of my winter routine is I take anything that's liquidish uh -huh. out of the RV. Um, things like shampoo, uh, the bottle may freeze and it may not crack if it's plastic, but it really alters the consistency of the shampoo or dish detergent. So I just make it part of my routine to take everything out of the rig that's at all liquidish. And I also often take just about everything edible out of the rig, not because it will freeze, but because I'm afraid that it will lure little critters into our rig um, in the cold season when they're looking for something to eat. And you don't want mice running around inside your rig. Even if you park in a fairly urban area, uh, little critters are everywhere. So I pretty well empty it out when we're going to be gone for a while during the cold season. Even our 40-foot motorhome only takes a couple of gallons of antifreeze. I read the last time, I think I mentioned this last year, that it, I, that it took seven gallons, and so I bought 
Seven lifetime gallons. supply. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> so don't put too much antifreeze in. There's no reason to fill your tank or your hot water with antifreeze. Um, there's just no reason to do that, and so save your antifreeze. The other thing, of course, is the batteries, and I don't take the batteries out. Our coach has a disconnect switch or a shutdown switch, which disconnects all the power of the power devices in the RV. Many RVs, especially fifth wheels uh, and trailers, don't have that. So you have to be sure that you shut off everything. And you have to understand that there are things like your alarms and your smoke alarms and carbon monoxide alarms and the LP gas alarms that all draw small amounts of current, but they will drain your battery over a long period of time. So it would be a good idea to actually disconnect your battery and uh, and to leave the batteries um, so that they they will not discharge slowly through a leak in your system. So ours just shuts off, and uh, but so we have a switch that just shuts everything off. So that makes it very convenient. Uh, some people bring their batteries inside to keep them warm. Um, I think with the solar panel now that uh, our batteries will be in good shape for the winter. All right, so news, we're going to news share a RV news with you. Uh, this is um, from September 24th. RVers are not stopping, but obtaining credit for a new RV is harder. Despite high gas prices and the credit crunch causing consumers to spend less, recreational vehicle owners continue to drive their RVs, according to industry experts. In a survey at rvtravel.com in July, 2,740 RVers responding more than half said they would still travel with their RVs even if gas hit $7 a gallon. Aside, we are very pleased that the price of gas has been going down yes. during this trip. Diesel is now below $4 a gallon. Whoa! We may travel to fewer destinations and stay longer, but RVers we remain, one couple commented. The RV industry is down, but fuel f- prices are not the cause, said Kevin Broom, speaking for the Recreational Vehicle Industry Association. The prime reason is what we are seeing on Wall Street and the availability of credit. Those who are interested in buying an RV, in fact, may have difficulty securing a loan to finance their purchase. Only about 65% of those who apply for an RV loan are approved, down from recent years, Broom said. The costs of traveling by RV are often still lower when compared to other modes of transportation. Family vacations via RV are on average 27 to 61% less expensive than other types of vacations, according to a study conducted by PKF Consulting, an international firm specializing in travel and tourism. This is partly due to the additional hotel and restaurant costs that are typically part of traditional vacations. Of course, if you eat out and have lobster every night, that adds up pretty fast, too. That was not in the article. No. But as we found out, the city of Elkhart or the, the county of Elkhart in Indiana has lost 2,400 jobs uh, in the RV industry. So yeah, RV sales are way down now, and we hope that they pick up in the not-too-distant future. Which is what this next article is about. This is from September 26th. We don't like to be negative, but... The RV market continues down a slippery slope of sales. Wholesale shipments plummeted a whopping 44% last month over a year ago. The Recreational Vehicle Industry Association reports that overall wholesale shipments in August totaled 16,900 units compared to 30,400 in August of 07. Travel trailer sales were down nearly 23%. Class A motorhome shipments tanked a staggering 69% or 2,900 units a year ago to a measly 900 units last month. 
As reported on RVBusiness.com, Catherine Thompson, analyst with Avondale Partners, LLC, noted, August's 69% decrease in Class A shipments likely marks the death rattle for any motorhome manufacturers on the ropes. We anticipate additional manufacturer and dealer failures as we enter the seasonally slow fall period. What does this mean for RV buyers? Two things. The good news. RV dealers are hurting because nobody is buying. You can probably get a deal better than any time in recent years. They're saying the same thing about the stick house industry as well. The bad news. Watch out that the RV you buy is from a healthy manufacturer. Yes. If it's gasping for breath, proceed with caution. If it goes belly up, so will the warranty on your new RV. That's a very bad thing. RVers find a mixed bag in fuel prices. This week's report on fuel prices from Uncle Sam's Fuel Price Watchers is a mixed bag for RVers. While many were fearful of what the price of fuel might do in light of Hurricane Ike's rush onto the Texas coast, it could be worse. Gas prices, according to the Department of Energy, jumped, but only 18.7 cents per gallon, far less than the jump when Katrina bashed Louisiana. The national average price for gas stands at 3.835. On the other hand, dieseling RVers will find a real surprise. Which is a surprise. We have found this. Diesel prices sank again, getting pusher fuel at the lowest rate it's been in five months. The average price for a gallon of number two diesel dropped over three and a half cents down to 4.023. Interestingly, in the snowbird mecca of the Southwest, street price for non commercial users is below $3.70 at one station in Quartzsite, Arizona. In Quartzsite. So head off to Quartzsite for cheap diesel. Uh, the last topic I want to talk about is, is uh, our new GPS. I was attracted by a handheld GPS by Garmin, the Oregon 300. And this GPS, uh, one of the things that Jeff showed me was uh, the ability to do tracks. And this is where you put uh, the RV in your pocket and it... You put the GPS in your pocket. (laughs) Not an RV? (laughs) Not this RV. She's always there checking my mistakes. I can't believe this. Anyway, I put the uh, GPS in my pocket and walk around, and the GPS follows every step that I make. Even in your pocket. Even in your pocket. It doesn't need to see the sky anymore. No. This is a very cool GPS because uh, it has very fast acquisition, and it also has uh, very high sensitivity, so you can walk in the forest. And we did a geocache yesterday, and it actually followed us through the forest, whereas my old one... um, we didn't do tracks and didn't allow me to download the tracks, and it wouldn't work in the forest. So this is a, a major addition. We went to Freeport, Maine, and to the outdoor store of all, our all outdoor stores, L.L. Bean, and, of course, they had a nice selection of GPSs. I bought this new one. It does these tracks, and you can take the tracks and download them into your computer, and then, way cool, you can superimpose them over Google Maps and look exactly where you were that day. Why do you want to know that? Because you can then match it up with your photos, and it there's another piece of software which allows you to coordinate the tracks with the timestamp on your photos so that it will then add the location that each photo was taken. Why do you want to know that? Because then you can take the pictures and put them onto your Google Maps also. 
And I'm hoping... Uh, Maybe you should go into the private detective business. You could yeah. be following some erring spouse around. And this would be absolutely positively... And document where hey, you Hey, this is technologically picture. cool. <laughs> Jeez. I just don't understand how you could not be impressed by this wonderful technology. So are you going to put a map with pictures on it on the RV Navigator Well, website? I'm working on it right now, and it may not be there right away, but it will be there soon. So if you're interested in geotagging your photos, and the cool thing is, is that this works with any camera, all that you do is you sync the camera's clock with the GPS clock. And from then on, the tracks will automatically, because the track shows where it was at that specific time, it, it transferred that, is that, those GPS coordinates to the photos. And then they're forever etched with the GPS location. And you'll never have to guess where you took that photo. In 20 years, you'll know exactly where that photo was taken at exactly what time. Gee, every night I come home and I put little labels on my pictures about where I took them. But you don't know exactly where it was taken. That way I can remember where I was. This way you you remember where you were and it tells you exactly, but you don't know when you're on on the ocean, you can't tell where you are. North, 28 seconds. No, no, but it puts it on the Google Maps so that you can see exactly where you are with the track. Okay. Well, dear listener, if you are excited about this, let me know. And if you'd like more information, send me an email, but forget (laughs) the co-pilot. She doesn't care. (laughs) It is cool. It is. I must admit that. Okay. A small admission. So we are going to go off and do some more leaf peeping, and uh, hopefully the weather is going to be nice this afternoon so that we can take some great pictures of the great colors here, and we will see you next month when we will once again be almost at home. So we have about another month left of this uh, leaf peeping experience, and we're hoping that the fall colors are spectacular and that there is no rain. I think one of the things that we've noticed already... So the trees around here are much redder than the ones we have at home. They're a different variety of maple. Oh, uh, really? Is that the reason why? I think so. And can you geocache that and map it? No. So this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. Hoping that we find you at a campground near us. Please give us a shout and let us know what's going on with you. Happy travels. Bye now. <laughs>